Blog Talk Radio. Urban Glory Radio, simply glorious. In spreading the gospel to the world, we have designed a streaming radio broadcast for every believer. This word, worship, and witness field broadcast streams live every week. Access episodes on demand 24 hours a day. Subscribe to our iTunes podcast and take UGR wherever you go. Visit us online at urbanglorycampaigns.webs.com. Also find us at twitter.com backslash urban underscore glory and like us on Facebook. Enjoy today's broadcast. This is Bobby Thomas, leading executive of the Urban Glory Commissioners League. We are the financial support of the work of this great ministry and organization. I've been a supporter of this ministry in time, talent, and treasure, and I ask you to consider doing the same. Whatever the amount, give from your heart, and know that the leadership of Urban Glory Campaign appreciate your gifts, and the Lord himself will bless you beyond measure. Visit www.paypal.me forward slash Urban Glory Campaigns and give today. Thank you for listening. This is Selena Olivia, one of the leaders here at Urban Glory Campaigns, coming to you again to say thank you for listening and to connect with us. Connect with us online. We are on just about every social media platform. Find us on Facebook by searching Urban Glory Campaigns, on Twitter at Urban underscore Glory, and on Instagram, our music association, UGMA, Urban Glory Music Association, as well as Facebook for the Music Association. Epic Night is coming, February 2017, a night of celebration, glory, and excellence, catered with delicious food, glorious music, entertainment provided by Urban Glory's own Music and Arts Association, and inspirational words in recognition of our founder, Reverend LaVon Breland, and various members of the support team of Urban Glory Campaigns. For more information, call 202 630 for UGC, that's 202-630-4842, or visit www.urbanglorycampaigns.webs.com. Urban Glory Radio, simply glory.
My Praise is by Danton Whitley and Mosaic Sound. Purchasing music and book, Danton Whitley and Mosaic Sound, and the other singers and artists of Mosaic Sound Entertainment at DantonWhitleyMusic.com. That's D-A-N-T-O-N-W-H-I-T-L-E-Y Music.com. Well, good evening. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I was glad when they said, let's be the church. We are the church, the pillar and the ground of the truth. And it is the truth that we know that makes us free. I'm delighted to study the word of God with you systematically tonight. It is our teaching Tuesday, and our co-host normally teaches tonight. But um, I've decided to give a, um, a, a break for her. Um, so she can kind of regroup. She's had a lot of projects. But I know you're excited to hear part two of Women in Ministry that's going to take place. Um, next week, she's going to continue Women in Ministry. And let me say this for the women of God. You are in a season. It is a very pivotal time for the women of God to take their rightful place, to learn their identity in Christ, and then also also to to take on the challenge of, of rising to the occasion for the hour. God is opening up a window for women in ministry today, and we must, uh, we must really advance uh, th- this generation to really seize the moment, to seize the moment, because God wants competent, spirit-filled Christians that have a core, uh, a core of strong women and strong men of God because there's no male nor female in Christ Jesus. And, and for, for freedom, Christ has made us free, and he has broken down many barriers so that your liber- liberation in Christ won't be founded from the women's lib of the 1960s and the 1970s, but it will be established based on the freedom that you found authentically in Christ Jesus. So I salute you, sisters. I say take your place. We're going to see history made this year, and I just believe God that women of God are going to rise to the prominence and power like never before. Amen. And I'm in your corner. Like I tell people all the time, I've been an advocate for women in ministry for years, and um, I love to see people uh, establish their place. Amen. So I want you to get the lesson. Get last week's lesson if you have not heard it. You need to listen to it. She apologetically goes through that teaching line upon line and precept upon precept. I want to give a little healthy review today on rethinking church. Um, In a sense, I want to give a review. Um, I've called this a special commentary. I have five points to give you, and I'll be through. But I've called this rethinking refreshed, and I'm going to explain that. I'm going to give you five altering uh, steps to take to avoid to, to remain refreshed in your, your, your discovery of the power of rethinking. And so we're going to talk about that a little bit in a few minutes, and we're going to give a little bit of history of the church awakened and affirmed. We're going to call it a comprehensive, I think I've subtitled a commentary on, a commentary on comp, uh, comprehensive authoritative church. Because that's what we need. And, of course, I want to put another plug in. We're going to be on the philosophy of faith this Thursday, part two. And I want you to hear it because I'm getting ready to take it to another level. I've already have it in my spirit um, and already have it um, pinned. And then um, hopefully by Sunday we're going to get some more into, um, uh, into 
the overcoming way and and um and then we're going to get into the latter part of this month, right before the election, some teaching that I call Raise the Stain, and I want to um, go on that. But tonight we're going to be talking about rethinking, refresh. We're going to start in, in Psalms, chapter, uh, Psalms chapter 19, and then we're going to go to Romans chapter 12, okay? I think those are the passages that we'll go into uh, for today, and if there are any others, I'll I'll either quote them or reveal. Okay, so Romans chapter 12 and Psalms 19 will be our foundational passage. Amen. Our Old Testament passage, our New Testament passage. We're going to have five points tonight, and then we'll be through. Let's pray. Father, we thank you and praise you for this day. Knowing that this is the day that you have made, we rejoice and are glad. We thank you for another opportunity to worship you in spirit and in truth. It is the authority of your word that gives me confidence to make boldly known the mysteries of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I do lean and depend on the Holy Spirit as that educator and God giving me clear articulation of speech and deliberation of thought as we make manifold known the wisdom of God. Holy Spirit, I say, have your way. Do what only you can do. Anoint the people's ears to hear what the Spirit has to say to the church. And, Father, in everything that shall be accomplished and revealed, you be glorified, for it is in the name of the Lord Jesus that we do praise you in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Let's hear the musician, the Psalm of David, and let's, let's read a couple of verses. Who can understand his errors? Cleanse thou me from my secret faults. Keep back thy servant from presumptuous sins. Let not let them not have dominion over me. Then shall I be upright, and I shall be innocent from the great transgressions. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and our Redeemer. When we review our redemption as children of God, what what Jesus did to pay the price necessary for us to be redeemed from our sins, restored through righteousness, raised to reign with Christ. That's what we say when we're reviewing our redemption. We are redeemed from sin. We, in other words, the penalty of sin cannot continue to corrupt us, to conform us to the ways of the world, but we have been cleansed from all unrighteousness. <laughs> but we've also resolved to righteousness. We've resolved to righteousness in our thinking, in the way we, we approach the world, in the way we approach our, um, first of all, our thinking is reformed to righteousness because we take on being the body of Christ. We tackle the sin issue with the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We rely on the Holy Spirit to teach us and to lead us and guide us into the truth. So that's the resolve to righteousness. And then we're raised to reign with Christ. And that raising brings about an authority because he has been given, Jesus has been given the name that is above every name. And at that name, every knee should bow. And, of course, you can read Colossians and find out the authoritative effect of Christ having full effect over our lives. If we be risen with Christ, let us, um, let us set our minds on things above where he is seated and not things on earth. This is the rethinking, refreshed, a comprehensive uh, a discovery of an authoritative church. Don't you know that your body is the temple of the living God? You have been housed, equipped empowered, endowed with abilities such as grace, faith, favor, um, uh, 
fortitude in the times of storms. These, these, these are unshakable qualities that awaken in us what it means to be the church, and this is what must be understood. A lot of times when you find that people are, are conformed, uh, uh, the Bible says, be ye not conformed, right? That's what we're going to go to in Romans chapter 12. But here, you see how the psalm, of course, we always say, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart. Lord, the only reason why that is acceptable in the sight is because you acknowledge the things that, that have become presumptuous sins. You, you, you've done things to, uh, uh, to, to, show, to show God that you really should. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true, righteous altogether. So this is a reflection on who he is. And more to be desired than they of gold, yea, much more than sweeter than honey, than a honeycomb. Moreover, by them thy servant is warned, and the keeping of them is their great reward. In other words, when I find out who God is, it should demand a, an awakening in my soul to rethink, to reform to his ways, that the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart are acceptable in his sight. And that's the challenge that we have when we talk about rethinking. Now, of course, you know, rethinking has, um, has been challenged us to raise revelation as a catalyst, to, uh, to re refresh ourselves on the authoritative role of the Holy Spirit that makes us competent. When the Holy Spirit intersects with us and, leads and guides us into truth, John 14, 15, and 16, we discover that that interaction with the Holy Spirit, first of all, the Holy Spirit is seen as the intelligence of God. Not someone that inspires us, but informs us, and that information transforms us. Do you get what I'm saying? Why? Because we're not, in, we're not externally adapting to the ways of God. We are internally adapting to the ways of God. God can speak to us by his spirit. Now, of course, you know the scripture, when the scripture is affirmed and given priority, the spirit is unleashed. Because the spirit, the, his spirit, the Holy Spirit confirms what Jesus has already conveyed to us in the word. His spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are sons of God, the scripture says. So with that, that, that connection that we have, when we look into God's word, it awakens life within us. And that life inspires and informs us and enlightens us to, to greater realities in God. This is, this is an awakening to refreshing because as a refreshing indicates that we, we attain rest in the awareness of what we have, who we are, and what we can do. When we, when we have really become accustomed to rethinking and thinking like God thinks and doing things in the manner in which God is pleased and glorified, these things are, 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 are pivotal to us awakening into this, into this awareness of who we are, what we have, and what we can do. All right, now those are not my five points, but I, I did give you about five points just there on that. Let's go to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. Amen. A little inspiration for the hour. This is Teaching Tuesday, so I want to give as much systematic background on this. I love this particular scripture because most of us just read the first two verses and stop there. And I, and I said that the rethinking part really is revealed in verses 3 through 21. And, of course, 
It says, be not overcome with evil in verse 21, but overcome evil with good. So this is requiring not only us to rethink, but it's also requiring us to have an overcoming perspective. Hence the teaching, the overcoming way. And, um, um, and, and of course, whenever we look at the book of Romans, Romans comes from a state of an appeal to a church that's already active, but they're in the seat of power. Rome, the Roman Empire, was in full effect at this point when this teaching was being transmitted to that generation. This generation was the second generation of the church. Paul was in his latter years of the ministry when he was communicating this article of exhortation. And this is an exhortation that lets us know that we, in the first six chapters, that the gospel is what we'll preserve and that, that sin and the law will be eradicated based on the revelation of the gospel being in full effect through righteousness. And in the latter part, in these chapters, it it says, as a result of the awakening to our new awareness in our righteousness, we can reform. Do you get what I'm saying? Repentance reproduces reform. Do you get what I'm saying? Repentance reproduces reform. That's, That's Romans in a nutshell. I can only do what God wants me to do by having the mind of Christ. The things that are against the mind of Christ is the laws that have been asserted to, re- to keep us in a sin consciousness, but that has been eradicated through the grace that has been sufficient to transform us, <laughs> all right? And, this, and in this particular chapter, in, in the 12th through the, in the 12th through the, um, in the 12th through, um, uh, through the 16th chapter, here we see now the effect of what we have after after he works in us and on us, the effect of what we can do for him. You get what I'm saying? It's a partnership now that we have with the Lord. And and that produces that produces confidence in us. Now it says, Listen, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of, of God, that ye present your bodies as living sacrifices. Now see, here is where I get my first First two points. Number one is atone your heart through repentance. Okay, repentance is what awakens you to the to the access of God's of God's alternative. It's because of His mercies that we are not consumed. But the mercies are available when we relinquish our rights, relinquish our attitudes, relinquish our previous sins, and resolve Jesus is Lord. Do you get what I'm saying? We, and, and, and here he's saying, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies as living sacrifices. You know, this is the only time that living sacrifices is suggested other than the book of Hebrews, which affirms the supremacy of Christ over the law. Every sacrifice that was given prior to, to, to the introduction of this appeal to the Roman church was given as dead sacrifices. And the blood, which was still alive within the dead vessel, was 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 considered the life that would temporarily resolve the sins of the people. That's why the burnt offerings were always sprinkled with blood. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I can get lost in the if you want to go back to the primitive um uh, sacrifices and the for for the sake of atonement. Atonement reminds us that our access to God comes through our resolve to repent. Okay? Which is your reasonable your reasonable service. What's your reasonable service? A perspective change. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. This is spiritual psychology in full effect. That ye may prove that which is good and acceptable and the perfect 
will of God. Now, the first thing you got to come in with God's will is that it matures you. It demands a maturity among those that profess to be Christians, those that profess to be uh, children of God must come in contact with the reality and the notion that they, that they as believers, they as Christians, they as people of God must no longer conform to the world. By no means. By no means are we to conform and to revert to the practices of sin, to the paganistic uh, society or the, or the pleasures of this world. By no means. We are to present ourselves, but the only way we can do that is through reformed thinking or rethinking. Thinking again about those things that create our world. If we're not going to be conformed to this world, we need to go to that world. And what is that world? And that's where he describes the world in verses 3 through 21. Now he says, for listen, there's been grace given unto me that every man among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but think soberly according as God has dealt to him the measure of faith. Oh, there's the alternative. Faith transforms the world. This is the victory that overcomes the world. What? Even our faith, 1 John 5, 4. So when faith is engaged, the two faith we understand, Hebrews 11, 3, that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So now we conform to the word of God through faith, and it awakens a new world. Do you hear what I'm saying? Now, they, you know, this is all in verse 3. Don't think more highly than you thought, ought to think, but think soberly. Soberly means sobriety, using proper judgment, exercising proper discernment in this time. You've got to, in this season, my brothers and sisters, atone your heart through repentance and, secondly, awaken to authentic holiness, living sacrificially. Now, how do we live sacrificially before God? It's very simple. One, we accept the plan of salvation and discipleship. We acknowledge the Lord in all of our ways. We lean not to our own understanding, but in all our ways, acknowledge him so that he can what? Direct our paths. So we abandon the courses of this world. Hallelujah. I'm giving you some principles now. And then we accept the role of the Holy Spirit to inform and transform us. And then we adapt it from generation to generation by teaching the ways of our God. Amen. So we, we number one, we atone our hearts through repentance. Number two, we awaken the realm of authentic holiness. Now, holiness here is described as a mental change that is awakened through faith because we know that God has given us the faith for we, have, we are many members in one body, but all not having the same office. So being many, we are one body in Christ. Here's the comprehensive plan of the church. In great unity, in this great unity that we have with God, there is diversity. But God has given us faith to all exist under this grace that has transformed our thinking so that we can align to the perfect will of God, which is based on our perception changes. Do you get my point? This is spiritual psychology 101. Amen. Now, it says having different, now, it says now, so the gifts are important, right? Now, and that brings me to my other one, affirm the standards of faith practically through godliness, exemplifying godliness. That's, that's um, number three. Amen. One, two, and, and three, affirm the standards of faith by exemplifying godliness and holiness. And we do this in our own lives first. 
Now, how do we do this? It keeps going. It says, look, and of course, having different gifts according to the grace where we're given to, whether it be prophesying, according to the proportion of faith, ministry, let us wait on our ministry. He that teacheth on teaching, which I'm doing right now, he that exhorteth, exhortation, he that giveth, let them give with simplicity. He that ruleth, ruleth with diligence and showeth mercy with cheerfulness. Let love be without dissimulation. That word dissimulation means hypocrisy. Arbor or cling to that with um, cling um, or arbor, which means to hate that which is evil, cleave to that which is good. Now here is how we display this transformation: be kindly affectionate one to another with brotherly love, and honor preferring one another, not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Do you know if every Christian has that mentality and takes it into a full effect in our walk with God, affirming the standards of faith. These are the standards of faith. Be kindly affectionate one to another. Why? Because everybody's been given the measure of faith. In verse 3, in verse 10, it says, be kindly affectionate one to another uh, with brotherly love. That means we got to learn how to be brothers and sisters with one another. Right? And then it says, listen, it goes on and says, honoring, in honor, preferring one another, not slothful in business. That means whatever you find your hands to do, you do it as unto the name of the Lord. Fervent in spirit. That means we ought to be fully engaged into spiritual discipline, fully engaged into what the spirit of God has for the church, right? And then we ought to also be uh, serving the Lord. Now, how many is that? That's number one, brotherly love. Number two, honoring. Number three, not slothful in business. Number four, fervent in spirit. What was number five? Serving the Lord. You get the five points in verse 10, right? So now, now as a result, what can we do? Rejoice in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer, distributing to the necessity of the saints, giving the hospitality. Bless them which, bless, um, which persecute you. Bless them and curse not. Rejoice with them that rejoice. Weep with them that weep. This is the church in full effect. This is the authoritative church. Be of the same mind. That's what the scripture says. One toward another. Mind not high things, but condescend with men of low estate. Be not wise in thy own conceit. Recompend no evil for evil, but provide those things which are honest in, in the sight of all men. If at all possible, as much as lies within you, live peaceably with all men. Do you get what I'm saying? Do you hear the, hear the scriptures? So we affirm, we, we atone our heart to revelation. We awaken the realm of authentic holiness. We affirm the standards of faith by practically exemplifying godliness in our lives. And then fourthly, we answer the call of authentic unity. See, this is the church versus versus versus. Uh, 10 through, 13, through 16, or let's say, uh, let's say verse 18. 10 through 18 gives you the church as, as an authoritative, as an authoritative effect based on the renewing of the mind. Do you get what I'm saying? When the church is renewed in verses one through three in their perspective, and they awaken to faith, their gifts are in full effect, and then they become an authoritative church. This is how the church gets from being a, a church service to a church society. And this is why the church is failing today. We have, we have mastered service, but we have not mastered sacrifice. Living holy, sacrificially before the Lord. 
So we need to refresh our rethinking. When it comes to being the church, we need to refresh. And how do we do that? Fifthly, we adapt to a lifestyle of prayer. Well, actually, this is fourth. Again, we adapt to a lifestyle of prayer. We answer the call of authentic unity as verse is four, but we adapt fifthly to a lifestyle of prayer. Now, how do we do that? We've advanced, we do, we've done that because we've advanced through the knowledge of the scriptures and the apostolic doctrine. All right, and what do I mean by that? It, it's not until the church begins to teach this this mandate of renewal of the mind and and allow allow the church to be competent, not just those who have gifts, because we we have mastered. Relying on other people to exercise gifts to, res- to to develop some reassurance that we should have within internally, and it's really it's handicapping us from being authentically the church that we need to be in this time. And God is requiring more of us um, in the church to really take on this ministry. Of, of of really to take on this effect of the church transformative transformative uh, reality through the renewal of the mind we can't we can't discredit the the see I can't make this is the thing we have we have tried to do things to make people exemplify their holiness without having a reformed faith uh, 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 an encounter with the the power and the effect of being renewed in the mind. And as a result, you got a lot of people that are professing, professing to know God that don't know God, to professing to having a relationship with God that don't because they don't they don't have that inward stability, they don't have that instinct to adapt to God's nature. See, because they haven't been risen with Christ, and Christ is in you. He is the hope of glory. You get what I'm saying? It says to live is Christ. So Christ is, becomes our reality. That's what, what awakens us to, this, to this, this, this time of refreshing that God has promised. So should we wrestle as the church or should we reform our thinking? If we can get the church to think. Look at what's going on with politics. Look at how the pressure of the evangelical community is, is, is now coming becoming shaky because they have so long mastered uh, the delusion of platforms, political platforms, to try to push them to think a certain way because of uh, tagged and coined phrases such as abortion and same-sex marriage um, uh, uh, defense. But when you when you really have a, a mindset that that is set up with Christ, you'll see delusion on both sides. You'll see deception on both sides, and you'll see that the confirmation conforming to those platforms is ridiculous. And that ultimately the church is the solvent. The church is the, 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 the revelation. These, the, that verse 10 right there, if we were to exemplify verse 10 and 11 and verse 12, uh, continuing instant in prayer, meaning keeping the heartbeat of God a, a breath away, refreshed in the times of God, we would we would see great change and transformation in the world. So what are you going to do with this type of teaching? Are you going to rethink, or are you just going to sit back there and watch the world self-destruct? The choice is yours. Amen. Amen and amen again. See, it's one thing when we come in contact with God um, and we appreciate him. It's another thing when we appropriate his grace 
to transform our world. And the challenge today is to not just think about the church, but to become the church and allow your rethinking to refresh you so that when God requires a standard to be raised amongst his people, you can say, here, my Lord, send me. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you because we know your word has the ability to create the change necessary to see your kingdom conform on this earth and translate to your glory. We trust you, Lord, that we will learn who we are and what we have, so we will do what you want us to do. Let this season be a time of refreshing for those that resolve to your righteousness based on your redemption and resolve ultimately to reign with the Lord Jesus Christ. And in that reigning, we find out the treasures that we have in these earthen vessels so that this excellency would be of you and not of us. Help us to be one with you today. Help us to awaken to the mandate and the magnitude of this moment to seize this hour as the saints and the church and the pillar ground of the truth. Help us to be the church. We've learned that confirmation to the world doesn't work. Confirm in us, Father, the seat that we have in you that raises us to a greater awareness, a greater reality, a greater privilege because of your son, Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for the work that is finished. Father, while we look not at the things which are seen because the things which are seen are temporary, we look at things which are not seen, that eternal fervor and fire that's within us to awaken us. Father, we speak to those dormant areas in our lives, and we quicken them to your word so that the Spirit of God can connect with us so that people will say, what must I do? What must I do? Help us, Lord, and we thank you for your grace and your power in Jesus' precious name. Amen. I trust that whatever you set your hands to do, you will do, because greater is he that's within you than he that's within the world. We are continuing some great studies. We're going to get into the philosophy of faith. I have so much uh, insight on faith in me. I'm about to explode in faith mentally. So keep me in your prayers as I try to articulate as clearly as possible this concept. Amen. And then we're going to, in the later parts of this month, deal with some teaching, some very controversial teaching on raising the stain, how we as the church, and this is, this is almost a, a supplement teaching to the church, until we know who we are, we're going to continue to be um, manipulated by social medias and different things like that. But when we raise ourselves up to greater aspects in God, we're going to see the change that we see. Amen. Well, I thank you for the opportunity to share with you the word of God. And um, I want you to continue to listen and to continue to study to show yourself approved before God. Thank you for listening. This has been Teaching Tuesdays. Your host will be back on next Tuesday to teach the word of God systematically. I, I thank God for my awesome, magnificent wife. She's doing a great work. And she will not come down. Amen. So you get ready. Women, y'all tell, spread the word. Next week we're going back to Women in Ministry, part two, and it's going to be an awesome, awesome teaching. Amen. God bless you and have a great evening. Bye-bye.